Get ready to turn down the lights and turn up the vibes with two cool fools who are down for whatever. This is Vibe Talking. Hey everyone, this is Manny and welcome to a Vibe Talking Sneaky Peaky. How's it going guys? We wanted to talk about something that's a bit related to like the subject matter that we routinely discuss. Are strip clubs dying? Dang. That's heavy. R.I.P. potentially. When I mentioned this to you, you brought up theaters, specifically like movie theaters, but also live theater. And certainly COVID, the pandemic had an effect on those things. And I remember reading a couple of things that were talking about like the effect that it had on strip clubs. Because there were so many places, we're in California, so we had like shutdown orders and stuff. And whenever you have something like that, where like a lot of your business requires like a physical presence within a, a building that you just can't do, that has a real chilling effect on your business. And just to me, like the last few visits that I've made to strip clubs, kind of feels like they're they're dying. Like they had their heyday, and now it's just like this slow, long decline. Yeah, I mean, I definitely agree with you. I mean, you brought up the topic of OnlyFans, you know, that so much of that is, you know, it's like, why would someone go get a job in a strip club when that's an option and they could make as much, if not more, money doing that, you know? And it also comes back to, like, previous conversations we've had on this show about porn is no longer a social experience. It's a solo thing, you know? And I do think that they're is a certain amount of shame for some people. Like they don't feel comfortable walking into a strip club. They feel awkward being there. They wouldn't necessarily want someone to see them doing that. See their car in the parking lot. Yeah, and so it's a lot like quote unquote safer and easier to be just at home watching something. Which I personally think is really, really unfortunate because not only am I so on board with these public screenings and these like social communal sort of interactions, you know, I'm also someone who does live theater, you know, and who coordinates events to bring people together and to experience entertainment emotionally with other people. I think you're totally right that it is dying out, but I think that is a huge bummer. I really hate that. And I hate that that's something that's in all these industries, you know, movie theaters are closing down because everybody wants to watch Netflix. I think it fucking sucks. (laughs) I'll qualify like what I said. I don't know hard numbers. As I I like to say on the show, like I'm most likely full of shit. (laughs) My Um, favorite quote. It is my it is my intuition because uh, the experience that that we all had together was uh, for my birthday last year. Mm-hmm. We actually we we did a shoot and then afterward we went out and there is a place here in San Diego called Lay Girls and it's crazy because it's right next to like some tire shops, auto mechanic shops. And then also there's a church that specifically like purchased a location that might have been a former strip club right like adjacent to Lay Girls. And it was specifically to kind of just reinforce that whole like social shame that certain people feel. But we went to that club and my recollection is that you were hyped up about it because you had been previous to when we went together. Yes, I have a lot to say about this particular (laughs) venue. (laughs) 
and I have a little bit to say too, it, it, mostly that it left me feeling depressed and kind of bummed out. It had been a little while since I'd been in a strip club, so I was kind of looking forward to it. I'd seen, if you come to San Diego, if you go to the Rosecrans Sports Arena District, you can't miss Lay Girls. The sign is iconic. Yeah. It's fucking rad. And it's so weird too, because there's two or three other strip clubs that are almost within walking distance of this club. This one's the most prominently located. That whole area doesn't really have the feel of like a red light district or anything. It just kind of feels like Dirty. It's just, it's like one of those kind of like bland, nowhere areas of a city. It's in such like a strange spot because there's also like a military base that's not too far from there. There's shopping centers. You go a couple miles down the road and there's some really expensive houses. Mm-hmm. Not like super, not like the most expensive, but definitely more than either of us could afford to live in. And to just kind of have that like right there and it's like not too far off the freeway. I don't know, it's just different because from growing up in Dallas, the strip clubs there, they're all mostly located in the area where you'd expect them to be. Mm-hmm. And then in LA, I don't know, like LA, they're a little more kind of like out of the way. The one that I've definitely been to in LA is Jumbo's Clown Room, it's which I feel name. like, yeah, way more people have ever heard of than actually been inside. And Jumbo's Clown Room, I think that's one of the ones like it was very famous for being female owned, okay. which I think. Lay Girls is female owned, right? It is, and I've had some conversations with the owner, and she's fucking awesome. Yeah. So mad props to her and her space and everybody working there. Like, it's a really cool spot. It is, but also it needs some love. Well, okay, here's what I'm going to say about it. I had a very different reaction than you did. Now, you are totally on point in that we go there. It was a weekend night, you know, Friday or Saturday or whatever. Yeah, it was like a Saturday night. Yeah, and we I feel like we went at like prime time. And we didn't go at like we went at like 10 or 11. Yeah, and it was it was pretty dead in there, you know? Like, so you're totally right about that. And like, there is a certain level of, I guess, awkwardness of like, you're the only person in a strip club and you're like, yeah. yay, good job. Like, you know, like the same way that doing a play with a fucking 10 person audience is freaking uncomfortable. Live performers feed off of a crowd. So it creates, there's a certain energy there. So you're totally right about that. Now, my first time going to this venue, was actually when we were doing Ghost Story at the San Diego Fringe Festival. Mm -hmm. Because they do performances there as part of Fringe every year. Really? Yeah. It was fucking cool. So the thing that we went to, it was very odd, but I'm saying that in a cool way. Like it was really unique, I guess is maybe a better word. But it was like a play, but with like no dialogue and like dance-based storytelling and like physical storytelling. Okay. It had nudity, but there were also a lot of different types of dance. Like it wasn't the dances that you would expect in a strip club. Like there was some ballet, there was some kind of like jazzier looking stuff. You know, there was a lot and there was like a theater troupe who some of them are erotic dancers, some of them are not, you know, and they all kind of work together to do these pieces. And all every year they have some sort of like social undertone. Like that one was like about like immigration. They're really That's fucking interesting. interesting. Yeah. And they were dark and not particularly sexy, but like really neat and like powerful. And it was really, really rad. And so I saw the one the year that we were at Fringe and then this last year I saw their other performance. Um, both were really cool. And the venue is really beautiful. It looks like a time capsule. 
You know, it looks like the kind of place that would be in one of the films that we talk about. See, and I'll agree with you on that, but for me, in addition to there just not being a crowd, I would say there was like four times as many dancers as there were like people sitting in the audience. Yeah. And part of that was because there was three in our group. Mm -hmm. So like that made me kind of sad because I'm thinking like, here these girls are. This should be the night where they're really making their bank and there's literally nobody here. Mm -hmm. And then when you talk about it being a time capsule, you know, that's a little bit of the atmosphere that like Jumbos tries to foster. But for this, it felt like they came up with a place that was like swanky on a budget in the late 70s mm -hmm. and then literally did nothing for the next 40 plus years. Which honestly, like, I like that because there's not a lot of places like that. And the owner, her husband who has passed, he built the club. Yeah. So like she very much loves the history of it. And she had all kinds of interesting stories about shit that was going on during that time period. And like, I think that's cool, you know? Like when you see, there's this thing on Instagram, a pretty cool hotel tour. And so it's like this couple that goes to all these like love motels, like in all these random places. <laughs> and, and they're cool, you know? Like the kitschy, weird Americana, you know? And like a lot of those places no longer exist. A lot of them look like shit. But a lot of them have also been like this art piece like that someone at that time spent a lot of time and thought creating an ambiance has been torn down for just like white sheets and like a shitty landlord paint job and like you know what I yeah. mean and that is heartbreaking to me to see not only that history be just erased but also like that aesthetic because it's a look you know and it's not everyone's look and that's fine but like me personally like obviously there's the shit that I like but I can respect there's like effort put into that you know and it's like that's not necessarily the house I would want to live in but like it looks cool and I can appreciate that someone likes that yeah so it just I'm, I'm glad that she hasn't been like oh let's update it because the other strip clubs I've been to have not been particularly cool or interesting for me it's not so much that I feel like oh you need to renovate this and you need to modernize it's more sort of reserve this vibe that for the most part doesn't exist anymore mm. it's just the place felt dilapidated and run down Mm -hmm. I maybe noticed the sort of like cracks in the uh, veneer and facade where you didn't. Especially I went into the men's bathroom and I was just kind of like, this is definitely not a place that I want to hang out. And it was just kind of like carpet in, in certain spots, like was completely worn out. The chairs just kind of seemed like, I don't know, gross to sit on. You know, the speaker was like kind of barely like hanging on to the wall. I might be exaggerating a lot of this in my in my head. It was just sort of like, I went there, I was kind of like, man, I'm gonna get to see like some sexy women, you know, getting naked and dancing. Like who doesn't love that? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then I just kind of got there and I was like, man, I just feel really bad for everybody here. Mm. And then, like I said, I, I recently went to another club. It was this uh, place you would love it. I took some photos. I meant to actually send them to you. But it's a place called Teaser Pleaser in Bakersfield, California. <laughs> okay. Everybody's favorite city, Bakersfield, California. We're moving to Bakersfield. I booked this hotel for work. And when I got there, I saw this place. And at first I thought it was like an adult video store because it's a very small building. It's like mm -hmm. no bigger than Lay Girls. And then I went out and looked because, you know, at night, like the neons all lit up and everything. And I was like, oh shit, this is a shape joint. I didn't go into the club at that point, but I had to go back last month and I was like, I'm gonna stay in that same hotel and fuck it, I'll go in Teaser Pleaser and see what it's like. And it was kind of the same thing when I walked in, they didn't have the sort of like aesthetic and vibe that, that you seem to really enjoy. This is a little bit more kind of like 
strip clubs in like the early 90s. They have like the, the flashing like multicolor like sign that would like scroll text across. That was like glitching out at certain points. And they have like the DJ who's, you know, you can't understand fucking half of what he's saying because his volume level is just way too high in his mic. And the girls there, like, they were all good looking women. But it made me wonder, like, okay, is this all in just my own head and the way that I see the world? Or is it just literally like the vibe that used to exist in strip clubs has since been replaced by things like OnlyFans and cam shows and the proliferation of online free porn? Yeah, I mean, I think you're 100% right. They don't even make particularly interesting porn anymore because it's like, people are just gonna watch it for free, so like, yeah. why would I give a shit, you know? Let's just get it done and like, make what we can make. Let's not put too much into this, you know? Which is fucking lame. All of this shit is lame. And like, I got a fucking bone to pick with OnlyFans too. Like, okay. All right, go off. <laughs> I guess this is going in this direction with the conversation, but like when OnlyFans, like, I'm not gonna say when it first started, cause honestly, I don't know when that was, but like, I feel like when it first came into mainstream conversation, you know, like everybody knows what that is. Like when that started happening, I was like pretty on board with the idea because as you know, I hate the lazy, lame fucking porn that is made nowadays. And I am being super general here. Like, I'm not saying that nothing cool exists or that there's no artists left in the world or anything. Like, that's not fair to say that. But I'm saying, like, what you generally tend to see. Not that fucking great. And so when OnlyFans was coming about, I'm like, okay, wait, this is actually, like, kind of cool because, like, the studios are fucking lazy. So, like, let's get some, like, cool independent filmmakers to be, like, making interesting stuff. Yeah. They don't have to do what the studio says. They can make whatever they want to do, you know, and put their own energy and kind of creative flair. And at least we, we will have a variety of looks and feels and vibes of content, you know, and some's going to appeal to me or somebody else more than something else or whatever. You know, but it's like, I was expecting there to be kind of a creative, like, renaissance. But I feel like that has not been the case. Like, there definitely are some, like, cool content creators out there who have their own look and vibe. Like, I fucking, do you, have you watched Stella Berry? No. You need to start because she's fucking awesome. She seems like just a cool chick. She has a very, not like retro, like she's not playing into like a certain era, but she very much feels like there is a certain kind of old school Americana to her look. Like jeans and a t-shirt, hanging out by a cool car, like just vibing. Her shit's actually very affordable because she, and she makes bank, like she's a straight up porn star. She's not just out of some chick that has an OnlyFans, like she's a professional. And when you listen to her talk, like I follow her on TikTok and stuff and she just does a lot of just like, talking about herself and her life and what she's doing. And she just has a passion for this that I feel like is rare to find. She talks about how she recently did do a, like a studio project, a film, you know? And like people were like, why do you do that if you make so much money on OnlyFans? And she's like, straight up, I did not get paid that much. I make a lot more money doing my own content, but the experience of being in a film with people who were making art was like something that was exciting to me yeah. you know so she's some she's like a creative person she's fucking cool and that kind of shit i respect and that i feel like is the example of like an individual an independent artist like bringing their own drive and style into the mix you know so i really dig that but for the one of her and like handful of people like that you have a million fucking chicks amateurs 
who just are like, hey, aren't I awesome? Let me take my shirt off. Like, have you guys ever seen tips before? That would be $40. And it's like, come on, dude. And to me, there's a certain level of fucking, I got into a heated conversation about this the other day. Because you know the type of performers that I'm talking about, right? Yeah, I have an idea. To me, there is such a, like, one, it's just like lazy and like, the shit they're making is not that cool. But also, there's a certain level of like disdain, I feel like, for their clientele. They're like, look at me. Me existing and having a body is something special. And you are a bunch of stupid, horny dudes, and you'll pay for it, so I'll give you the scraps. Like, it feels like throwing a dog a fucking pizza crust, you know? And it pisses me off. Like... <laughs> well, in defense of a lot of people who might not earn some, some tokens from you, I will say that it's an intimidating task to say, you know what? Today I'm going to get up, I'm going to turn on my computer, and I am going to put on an erotic show for a bunch of strangers online in hopes that they give me money. Because if I had to do that, like I am not somebody who is inept when it comes to like love and relationships. If my girlfriend wanted me to do a strip tease for her, I'm not really sure what I could do. I have an idea of like what to do to turn her on and it probably wouldn't work just because we have a relationship where we make fun of each other all the time. But like if I had to do it for a bunch of strangers, men or women, I have no idea what exactly to do. I don't know how to be sexy. And I think that there might be a lot of people on there that you're seeing that they know that there's money in it and they know that people will pay just to see them take their clothes off, but they don't know, like they don't have any idea or they might not even want to invest in the arts, the performance of it. And I think that is one thing to where when you do encounter this at a strip club, because I haven't gone to a lot of strip clubs in my life, but I've been to a few and there have been a couple of times to where I've seen it and I'm like, okay, I get it. This isn't just literally like we're trying to provide the closest thing to a brothel that we can legally, but there are times to where it's just like you watch a woman dance and she's naked. That's the huge draw and appeal to it. But it's in the way that it's presenting like this whole confluence of like art, performance, sex, and beauty. It kind of bothers me that it feels like it's one of the only places where something like that can exist. I think another factor that we didn't even talk about, but another factor was about in the 2010s that felt like where burlesque started to make a return to the mainstream. And that I fucking love. We've been to some burlesque shows. I follow all of these chicks on Instagram. They're posting cool stuff. I've had conversations with some of these performers. They seem like cool people. I mean, at least like the kind of community, burlesque community in San Diego. I don't know about other stuff, but like the women here that I've met like are fucking cool and they are artists and they're like theater people. They're also hot. And I think that's what bothers me about it because we've talked about this with like 70s porn. These people are hot, but like perhaps not like, oh, that's the most beautiful woman I've ever seen in my life. She's a hot enough chick, but her vibe is awesome. And I feel like that's what it is to me. Cause like, I mean, of course I can appreciate if someone's good looking, you know? And of course there are certain bodies or faces or styles that appeal to me more than others. And everybody has their own preferences and that's cool. But like what I'm trying to say is that I feel like I wish that more effort and vibe was put in because I feel like these lame creators are just like, literally the whole thing is that they're hot. 
Like that's literally it. Like you have yeah. a you have a Instagram face and you have a rockin' body and like people want to look at it. I'm not saying there's anything wrong well, with looking at hot people. Like <laughs> I'm not saying that, but what I'm saying is what, like what you're getting it's to is coasting. It's coasting yeah. on your looks. Whereas like you're getting you know? to the heart of a lot of issues with just the entertainment industry. Yeah. You know, to where it's just for a very long time it's just been like, hey. This isn't the most talented performer, but they're the best looking. I hate that. Yeah. Because I feel like, you know, if you get like a 10 who's doing nothing, that is not as good as like a solid 8 who's fucking crushing it. Yeah, and that's the cool thing about burlesque too, is burlesque is less about... My issue that I've always had with strip clubs is everything feels very transactional. Mm -hmm. And it just feels like you're so dancing around the line between, you know, something that is legal and acceptable and something that is not legal. It should be, in my opinion, but it's because of a multitude of reasons. You can't just go up to someone and be like, hey, how much for you and I to get together? And not that you'd want society to operate that way, but when you're running a sex-oriented business, like that's... That's what's in everybody's mind. Right. So it always just feels like so much of everything like is fake and phony when I go to a strip club. Mm -hmm. I know that when the girl comes over and she's talking to me and she's complimenting me and she tells me her name, none right. of it's real. And if that was my mission to go in there and to get someone to get me off, like I would just have to talk to the right person, say the right number, and that could happen. And it just feels like I hate that it's just below the surface and it's like, if this is what this is about, let's let's bring it to the surface, let's bring it to the open. Let's be bold and brave enough to discuss this. Whereas like with something like burlesque, burlesque isn't about getting someone off. Burlesque is right. definitely about like sex appeal, sexiness, but it's about the performance of it. Yeah. And you can tell the difference in that there is a much more representational and wider variety of body types when it comes to burlesque than there is typically with, with strip clubs. Mm. Even though like over the years, definitely, and OnlyFans is kind of continuing this, but you don't have to be a perfect 10 to do the job. Which I'm all on board with that. Cause like one, I mean, everybody has their own aesthetic preferences you know and like there's all kinds of different hot looks so it's like let's not pretend that one size fits all you know like mm -hmm. that's just it's just not true straight up you know i was thinking about that okay so i've been watching sex in the city because oh god <laughs> and i'd never seen it before. hold on i'll go get eileen she can join you for this part of the conversation <laughs> but something that i'm noticing here is like the whole premise of the show is that these are like four hot single women, you know, and they all kind of have different looks and different vibes and different ways of approaching relationships in life and everything. But I'm looking at these four women and like, they look like just chicks, like a regular chick that you could know. Like they don't look like sexy Hollywood movie stars. No, yeah. no disrespect. Like, I'm not saying that they're not hot. I'm just saying like that there's, and are you, know, you talking about the original series or the revival? No, the original one. Okay. And like, that's all of these actors in their, in their prime, quote unquote, which is like problematic attitude. But like, you know <laughs> what I'm trying to say. You know what I'm trying to say. I'm not trying to talk shit. I'm not trying to be lame. Because straight up, like my whole life, I've been like, Sarah Jessica Parker is not hot. I don't get it. But like watching the show, I'm Brother, like- you ain't alone. I know. I'm not, I'm not saying like, for me, I'm saying like, that's been a persistent opinion, like since the show like initially aired. 
But, but, but I will say, the show, I get it in a different way. Yeah. I'm like, me personally, am I attracted to her? Perhaps not. But like her vibe and style and like the character and the, like, I get it. You know, yeah. like it's not like hard for me to watch it and make sense of, you know, like I'm because sometimes I have watched things before where I'm like, how are these two people together? Like, I don't <laughs> buy it, you know, I do buy it here. I 100% yeah. do. And I just feel like if that show were getting made today, you would not have that cast. And yeah. I don't like that. One thing that that I will say about Sarah Jessica Parker is that role just seems to like fit her so perfectly. Yeah. And then also just, I remember seeing something to where it was like early in her career and she's really young and I almost didn't recognize her. Mm. Everybody's so used to like picturing her as uh, Carrie Bradshaw. Bradshaw. Which is a cool name. I do like yeah, that. Yeah, if my, if my friend AC's listening, like she named her dog after Carrie Bradshaw. Oh, nice. Um, but this is kind of on theme because it's uh, spooky season. The original Hocus Pocus, I think Sarah Jessica Parker looks so good in that movie. I don't know if it's just like the whole witch thing that she's got going on. Anyway. Dude, this is like the whole <laughs> is Margot Robbie mid thing that's going around. You've seen that, right? It's like, yeah. she's literally not. She's like a stunning movie star. But that's the kind of shit that I'm talking about. We're getting to the point where like aesthetic, like personal, just physical perfection or whatever is like so. And a lot of it is just like kind of bullshit, you know, because people are, and I obviously have no judgment towards like cosmetic surgery or anything, you know, I have had work done myself, like no judgment, but like, I feel like even that has gotten so to the point where it's like, oh, you want a new face? What face do you want? Here it is, you know, and I support <laughs> anyone's right to do that. But like, I feel like we're losing a lot of the like uniqueness of like different types of beauty. And I'm not even saying that in like a cheesy, like woke way or whatever. Like I'm saying it in that, like, if you look up hot Instagram chick, like there's not a lot of range. Yeah. Whereas like, if you look up like hot women from the 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, early 2000s, even to some extent, you could have a group of hot people and they don't look that much alike. Literally, it's just like everybody in the world has a unique, different looking face. And like there are certain reoccurring themes of what are like trends or what people tend to be attracted to, you know? Now it's like literally everybody's ending up with the same face because they can either edit it on their phone or they can literally just buy a new fucking face. I don't like that. I don't like that at all. <laughs> all right, so you're a Luddite. Got Wait, it. what is that? <laughs> Someone who's anti-technology. But that's one thing about strip clubs. Like, I do feel like there is a lot more diversity than there was maybe when strip clubs were a lot more popular. And again, I'm full of shit. I admit that. I could be completely fucking wrong and have no idea what I'm talking about, but that's just sort of like my opinion. But if you want sort of a humbling experience, like go into a strip club and just look at the fact that not every woman in there is a perfect 10. In fact, like of the clubs that I've been to, I can only recall maybe once or twice that have gone in and I've seen a woman and I'm just like, I don't know why she's in here. She could just go to a, a sports game or, you know, some kind of tech conference and just pick herself up a wealthy husband. But obviously like that's very sexist. A woman doesn't want to be tied to the man that she's with, you know, financially. But it is something like when we went to uh, like girls, there was different body types represented and it wasn't like cookie cutter, like every single, like the small, small waist, big breasted, fake blonde, uh, dyed haired, you know, woman up on stage. Like, you know, there was different types there. Women don't need to feel like, oh, well I have to fit this beauty standard. Otherwise, what the fuck am I doing here? 
I, I feel like that's got to be translated to something like OnlyFans. Because I know just with online porn, like if you want just your average looking everything, you, you can go from rail thin to, you know, morbidly obese and everything in between. We have options. <laughs> Do you have any funny like strip club stories? I actually haven't been to that many strip clubs. I think I've only been to like two or three different ones. Okay. But... I'm talking field trip. Oh, I'm so one. down. I would. I honestly had <laughs> such a fucking great time at your birthday. Like, I would love to do that again. Okay. But the other time I went, it was with this dude, and like he was like, "Hey, you know, we should." We were, we ran into each other at a bar, and he's like, "Hey, you know, we should get together. We should hang out, whatever." You know, I'm like, mm. and he's like, "All right, well, I'm going to a strip club then," and I'm like, "Wait, can I go?" <laughs> and then he's like, "Wait, what?" And I'm like, so we went. And it was actually fun. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> the funniest strip club story I have is I've got a good buddy of mine who lives back in Texas and we live together in California. He moves back to Texas. And then I actually go to Texas to visit my family. And he and I are talking one night, we're hanging out at a bar and it was kind of the thing that, that you said to where we kind of get toward the tail end of the night. And it's like, well, what do you want to do now? And he just looked over at me and he's like, dude, you want to go to a strip club? I was like, yeah, sure, why not? And so, there was at least a dozen in, in Dallas. And so the question was like, okay, which strip club do we want to go to? And I remember one of the strip clubs I went to in Dallas and had a great time at was the strip club that was owned by members of Pantera. And I believe that one was called the Clubhouse. And so I was like, oh, okay, let's go to that club. Because if I'm gonna just choose one club, I want to go somewhere I know I've been, had a good time. I look up directions to that but I looked up directions to the wrong club. There was the clubhouse and there was the lodge. Mm. And I don't Similar. remember, I did not pick the Pantera Club because as soon as we got there, it was this place that was like very chromed out. Oh, God. Um, they had like the polished like metal like all over the place. So like the lights were reflecting off the surfaces and stuff. And it was like a weekday night. There was maybe about a dozen people in there mm -hmm. and the music's just blaring. So. We'd already gotten there, parts and everything, and so we're like, well, fuck it, we're here. Let's let's go and hang out. And, you know, for those who have never been to a strip club, kind of the way that most of them work is you have your main stage, you have the girl that goes up on stage, she does a routine, guys will just, you know, at their leisure, get up and just start tossing out dollar bills, fives, twenties, whatever they want, to the girl that's on stage. And then afterwards, she gets off stage, she might go to a side stage, eventually makes her way to the crowd and then that's when you know you can request a private dance a lap dance and so we're sitting there and this is maybe like the third woman who went up to dance um, but she gets up there and i think she kind of had like a look and a body type that my buddy was into so he gets up there and he's like tossing her some dollars i get up there and start tossing her some dollars and one of the things that always makes me really uncomfortable at strip clubs especially all nude this one was an all nude club is I don't want to stare at someone's pussy. Why? Just, <laughs> it just feels so goddamn awkward. And I feel like I'm a person that I'm pretty comfortable with my own sexuality. Like, you know, I, I, I'm not like uptight and like reserved, but there's just like a certain awkwardness. If you had all of your clothes on, I wouldn't want to sit there and just stare at your crotch. And now it's just like, okay, there's nothing in between fucking your canal and my eyeballs. And I just, I'm <laughs> like, should I be just trying to like look you in the eyes the whole time? That feels like a serial killer move. 
maybe just boobs. <laughs> right in the middle. I, I I try to do the thing where I'm like I'm I'm, I'm scanning around, I'm scanning scanning, you know, like can I just constantly, put, I just close my eyes? I, eyes are constantly moving. Yeah, I, I get up there, I stand there, I cover up my eyes, and I'm like, no, 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 no. <laughs> No, so I go up there, I, I, I'm tossing some dollars on the stage, and they'll do the thing to where, you know, if you go up there, you're showing some money and stuff like that, they want to try and, like, just get, encourage you. Stay up there, encourage other people to come up there, make money, make money, just get more dollars tossed out. So she's sitting there, totally nude, dancing around, and she is, like, on her knees, legs spread right in front of me, and lights are flashing, so, like, it's kind of distorting everything. But I just happened to notice that, like, her vagina's glistening. And it's one of those things where you're just like, maybe she's really turned on, you know? Oh, and that's just... Sweaty. Yeah. Really sweaty. It was neither. Because I'm standing there, and she edges all the way up to the edge of the stage. She gets her legs around me and, like, basically wraps her legs around me and pulls me up to her so that, like... Oh, my my abdomen is in between her legs, all the way up against her crotch. Did she see your shirt? Exactly. Oh <laughs> my god! So she's sitting there dancing and everything, and I was just like, okay, wow, this is pretty awesome. And you know, then she stops, and I turn around and I go back to the table, and I start talking to Danny, and he kind of points out some of the same things that I noticed. And he's just like, dude, you think that was like sweat or like what she like turned on or like? He's like, you don't think it's you don't think it's the other thing, isn't it? I'm like, I don't know, man. So a few minutes later, go to the bathroom, confirm for that scene from uh, Superbad oh where he dances with the guy's God. girlfriend. <laughs> dude, you got period blood. I mean, like that's what my buddy oh Danny did. Oh my God. But yeah, like. I went in the bathroom, I'm washing my hands, and I looked down in the mirror, and I was just like, did I spill some ketchup on me? Oh and there's just a fucking, like, a little <laughs> a little map of, like, Argentina just kind of, like, on my shirt. I was wearing this uh, white, it had the flag of California tank top on, and so there's just a little spot on there. And everything that makes me uncomfortable and, like, terrifies me about the thought of, like, going to a strip club and having a woman I don't know, never met, just grinding on me. All of that's coming to fruition, so I immediately come out of the bathroom and I was like, dude. We need to leave. I'm like, you need to check the clothes. He's like, why? And like, he had like these patterns on his shirt, so it was a lot harder to notice. And I just kind of pointed to him, and under the club lights, it just kind of looks like some sort of dark red brown stain on it. Like, it's hard to tell what it is. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, what do you think this is, dude? And he's like, what? It's not my blood. Oh my god. So his face, like, we just turn around, duck out, and both of us are just like, oh, oh. <laughs> I feel bad, like, I felt bad in the moment, and I feel bad every time I, I sit here and think about it, but it's just like, it's a natural thing. It happens, and it's not like someone who needs to work, and this is their main source of income, can just be like, well, I'm going to take however many days off until this all clears up. Right, but you could take, like, the first two days off when it's the most gnarly, perhaps. I'm honestly shocked <laughs> that this even happened, because, like, how... I don't know, maybe it just started or something? Like, because I'm like, how could you not know? Like, I'm so aware when that shit is going on. Like, you feel it. Like, you know, and that's the thing. It, it became kind of a debate of, like, 
did she not know? Was she not aware? Or did she totally know and she just didn't fucking care? And I feel like it would, you know, I'm almost leaning more towards that. I'm almost leaning towards like, I feel like it's either she didn't give a shit or she knew it was coming, but like, you know, it could come it tonight, it could come tomorrow surprise, morning, yeah. like you don't know, you know, but you can feel <laughs> like it's brewing in there. That shirt immediately, like it did not make the trip back to California with me. It got tossed you as soon as souvenir. I could change. Yeah. I did have a souvenir for a little while. I, I, I've lost it since then, but I did have a great photo of just me like pointing to the stain that oh. my buddy Danny took. You need to find that and post it with this episode. <laughs> I don't know, maybe he still has it somewhere. The last time we Tag talked about club. it, I was just like, yeah, I cannot find that photo anymore oh for the life God, of me. That's so um, funny. And the thing is, it's like, that's just that's just one night at one club, like, and there's however many that still exist today. The club I went to in Bakersfield, like I said, I talked to this one woman and she kind of Give me a bit of her life story. And then there was another girl that came in and she started talking to me. And I almost kind of want to go to clubs just to play journalist and be like, so like, what's what's the scene like? What's the craziest thing that you've ever seen happen mm-hmm. here? Like, what's like a thing that happens on a daily basis that like other people wouldn't know about? Cause this one girl, like completely unprompted, we're just kind of like talking and she's just like, yeah, she's like, some of the girls here, like, you know, you give them $50 and they'll suck you off. She's like, like, that's a great deal. <laughs> Which, yeah, like it seems like an awesome bargain. Very reasonable. She's just like, yeah, she's like, you know, some of these girls just don't care. And I kind of feel bad for these guys because they'll sit there and like they'll jump on a guy and then like go in the bathroom and like, you know, just use the sink to like wash themselves off. And, like, you know, Lawrence they just there. smell. And I was just like, oh man, this is not, this is ruining all the illusion that like you might otherwise have. You gotta lean into the grime. I know, and I just, man, I'm I'm such a fucking like, I can tend to be like a prissy uppity person to where it is really hard for me to embrace the grime. And I think that's why I like, when you and I went to Lay Girls, like we had different experiences. Yeah. Because I remember we came out of that and you were just I like, was like, yeah, that was awesome. And I was just like, man, I feel bad now. I just, I I feel bad for myself, everybody oh, else God. there. That's <laughs> like, so projecting though, in a way. I mean, you can I, feel I, bad I for yourself, like if you didn't enjoy the experience, you know, fine. But like, you don't know what those women are thinking or what their life is like. They might be at this place for a reason. Well, they might have a good work environment. I mean, we have no idea. I'm not one of those people, like it always bothers me whenever I hear people talk about um, people who work in, in sex industry, whether it be porn actors, you know, dancers, where they say like, well, obviously they came from like an abusive background. It's not the case at all. That's certainly the case for some people. It's not the case for everybody. So yeah. to sit there and just paint that wide brush. For me, I didn't feel bad of like, oh God, those poor girls have to go in there and they have to grind on guys who don't look as good as I do, you know, and pretend that they like it so that they'll give them. No, it was more like, I feel bad for these girls that they aren't making making any fucking money. Like it was so dead in there and it was a Saturday and I was like- You're like, like, I feel bad for any underpaid laborer. Exactly. Which is very true. socialist at heart. I'm like- (laughs) You know, just give people money. Just spread the money around as evenly as possible, and then everybody lives better lives for it. Very on board with that. But, all right, I think we've gone on for quite a bit on this. I know, this could be a two-parter. Hit us up, though, like, uh, vibetalking at gmail.com. Are strip clubs dying? Do you have a great strip club story? Maybe you have that photo that uh, I took 
from my time at either the clubhouse or the lodge, one of the ones in Dallas. Tag both of them. Yeah, maybe it's floating around somewhere out there. You can find it, if we do find it, maybe we'll post it up at uh, <laughs> Vibe Talking on Instagram, mm -hmm. which is part of the Good Vibe Cinema brand. Yeah, check it out. Thanks for listening and catch us on our next episode, which will be... Please Don't Eat My Mother, a mm. fucking horrible little shop of horrors porn adaptation. Wait, we're talking about a bad movie? <laughs> All right. So bad it's good or just so bad it's troubling? Thanks for listening. Good night. Vibe Talking is available to download and stream everywhere you find podcasts. Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, and more. If you like what you hear, make sure to like, listen, subscribe, and share it far and wide so they can keep it rolling. Vibe Talking, a Good Vibe Cinema production.